0: Today's episode of the Gourmet Cooper podcast is brought to you by Fulton, a modern brand of arch support. Fulton launched the most comfortable, supportive, and sustainable insole on the planet. They believe that wellness starts from the ground up and that the feet are the foundation of our bodies. Fulton insoles provide comfortable arch support to align your body from head to toe, so they help mitigate your pain, providing comfort, and even improving your posture, which is awesome. And Fulton is creating a world where shoes we wear are actually good for our bodies so that they provide you with a sturdier foundation for a healthier future. Hey, take it from me. This is JJ Outlaw and the Gourmet Goober. And if you're on your feet, arch support is a must. So whether if you're walking around the grocery store or even walking your dog, Fulton can provide that arch support that's right for you, which is why I'm glad they're offering our listeners $10 off your next purchase at walkfulton.com just by using the code PODCAST10, that's code PODCAST10 for $10 off at waltfulton.com. Check out the website to see how Fulton can help support you. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. JJ Outlaw.
1: Hi, this is T Outlaw.
0: And we are back with another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. You can catch me, JJ Outlaw, always on the Twitters at JJ Outlaw. And on Instagram, you can always follow along at Gourmet Goober. I'm here every week, or it's not every week. (laughs) It's every damn day. (laughs) Well, yeah, technically it's every day, you know, because, you know, all that stuff. But on the on the mic up here with that dude, the Dark Desperado, my hubby, that dude.
1: That's right. Say my name.
0: T-Outlaw, a.k.a. Big Daddy. How's it going?
1: It uh, is is going well. Give me that mic. <laughs> uh, you can find me, T-Outlaw, on Twitter at T-Outlaw, T-O-U-T-L-A-W, and you can find me on Instagram at Tiala Chelsea Wells.
0: Yes. Now, I often get asked, are we on Facebook? And the answer is yes, although I hate Facebook, so I don't update it as much as I probably should. But you can go to the Gourmet Goober blog, because we started as a blog, which, by the way, you can find at com. And you can hit us up for all the good stuff on Facebook and go to the website, You can always drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. And today is, well, not today. I mean, technically, I don't know what day you're listening to this. So it could be any day. But we are recording this specifically on the Mother's Day. (laughs) So if you are a mama, if you are a drama mama, if you
1: are are a a tiger mama,
0: yes, Plant mamas, pet mamas count, because I don't have the kids, but I have the pets. And every year they give me a Mother's Day present. Yep. Well, okay. It's time to come clean. It's really you, right? No. It's not the pets.
1: No. (laughs) I have nothing to do with it. Now, yeah, there have been some times in the past where, of course, the pets who don't have opposable thumbs have, like, either sent me a text or they have, like, told me to... Drive my ass to the store and pick up something for them. But
0: how do you? How do they text you if they don't have thumbs?
1: Do you always use your thumbs when you text?
0: Sometimes I do.
1: <laughs> well, we're not ingenious enough like they are.
0: <laughs> anyway, happy Mother's Day to y'all.
1: Even your play mamas,
0: <laughs> even play mamas, play mamas, and aunties count. Or as Marlowe from The Real Housewives of Atlanta calls it monty's i think you should be lumped in the group in fact I you know what i i just think everybody should be on a, that on this day you know if you got a family with two two daddies you know you want to do the mother's day go ahead if you living by yourself and it's just you and your plant that plant couldn't take care of itself you went on the mother's day everybody gets a mother's day i i, I just think that that's fair okay <laughs> So, we are here, um, and this is the segment of the show we talk about our week, and I'm just going to just lay up right now and just be very honest with us. Since being on the show last time, our week has been crazy, crazy busy. So, I know some of you reached out to us. I'm going to circle back and email and do a lot of um, messaging on Instagram and stuff this week. So, if you're there, I, I heard you. It's just been crazy. I know it's been crazy for you, right, Big Daddy? Because, you know, you're still making your way back to work, finding your way around all the the new stuff that's been there since you've come back, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I basically have tried my best to break the system, and I have fractured it. I've made some people mad, but for the most part, allegedly the system still is intact. Cusses. <laughs> I will do my best to try harder. But yes, it's been... A- it's been a heavy week and I'm still learning, but yes, I am still there.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, it wasn't all work though. I mean, I know for me, it's been work just there is a project that just will not end <laughs> that I wanted to end. And then there's one that launches tomorrow that I've been working on. And then I got an email yesterday at like seven in the morning saying, Oh, we want to change something that's in, in the works for a long time. And I'm like, I'm in my pajamas. I need to get a hold of everyone and stop this press release and reverse it. So, yeah that that's been my week. So, <laughs> yeah, this is the woman who
1: was literally like doing work <laughs> and sending emails from like a parking lot in the mall.
0: Oh my god, that was so insane. So I, I can't get I can't go into details because, as a rule, we never mention our day jobs and things like that. You know, if you notice, we don't even use our government names on it. Yes, my name is not really JJ Outlaw, in case y'all haven't figured that part
1: out. Yeah, (laughs) my name is Cleopas. There we go. (laughs) My government name right there. Let's play.
0: (laughs) But part of what I do is I I work in writing and PR and stuff for a foundation. And yeah, on my way to see my family, which I'll talk about in a moment, yes, good news in the midst of all these crises. I had to bring my laptop with me and our car has Wi-Fi. So I I was sitting in the car waiting to meet my family that I haven't seen since the start of the pandemic. They came up to visit us finally because you know we're all getting vaccinated stuff. And I have my laptop with me (laughs) laying out sending emails to everybody because it's it's not the same. It's not as easy when you have a phone and and putting stuff like, like Microsoft Word is not the same on your phone as it is on a laptop. It's at least for me. I hate typing in the little letters and updating everything and sending red, um, red line versions of documents on that if you need to make changes. So, yeah, I was doing that in the parking lot in the middle of the afternoon at the mall. Because why not? That's Which- not. Can I, can I just say, why are so many people at the damn mall during the middle of a pandemic? I know all y'all is not vaccinated. Seriously, what is up with that? That parking lot was like hella full.
1: I don't know, but let me take a stab at this. <laughs> See, during the pandemic, you wear the same crap of clothes. That is true. There are only so many things that you can get <laughs> on, from online. So literally when the pandemic like kind of, subsided a bit it's It's like you give them them that crack yeah Yeah. you give them like a little bit of crack and they're like um let's go to the mall it's (laughs) like getting all the kids out your house remember all the teenagers right where you would send them if you wanted to get rid of them it's like get away from me go go outside and play but there's a whole ass internet
0: that's around
1: they've been on the internet during the whole (laughs) pandemic you want to know what they want to do remember how your mom and daddy would tell you go play outside well yeah they don't go play outside (laughs) They take their little funky butts to the mall and they walk around and yell at each other and do nothing.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: With their little funky sneakers and really. Remember when they used to have baggy pants with like us? And now they have like those kind of, I don't know, hipster Drake looking jeans.
0: The really, really skinny jeans? Yeah. Yes.
1: I can't. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm too, ch- <laughs> I'm too chunky for that.
0: i live in skinny jeans. Though, so though, I can't say anything. Although now I found out that they're not hips, So I going not have to change. But anyway, I bet you guys are wondering why I was at the mall. So let me just take a step back and just say, yes, work was a challenge this week. There was a lot of projects I'm juggling. There's still a lot of phone calls I need to make. But in the midst of all of those challenges, there was one really great thing that happened this week for me and for both of us. And that is that I finally saw my brother and my little sister, my little brother and little sister for the first time since the start of the pandemic. Yay. We live in different cities. Um, We obviously has been sheltering in place and yeah, we did FaceTime with each other. We did do the duo thing, but it's not the same as actually physically being able to hug somebody, which is what we did for the first time in well over a year um yeah they decided to come up um we met at the mall i don't know why they were supposed to go to the beach but i warned them the beach was like hella cold because it's like you know the first week in may and where we live there's you know beaches we live near the indiana sand dunes um or in indiana dunes national park
1: yeah
0: yeah that's like literally like a stone's throw from where we live they only know that well, they don't know where. It's a lot of park.
1: There's a lot of park. <laughs> that's like that's like zero. That's like putting a target. <laughs> Nonetheless.
0: Anyway, so then they decided, we'll go to the mall. And I'm just like, it's a mall. The mall has everything you have back in your house. But they wanted to see it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'm still finishing up this project that will never end. But I'll just come out and meet you guys. And so we met and then we decided to go out to eat, which was crazy because it was the first time. I think, honestly, it hit us. This was the first time we have physically sat in a restaurant since the start of the pandemic.
1: Well, with the exception of the one time we were in Chipotle. Oh, yeah. For like a hot 20 minutes and we were like like a little limit. We didn't know what to do with ourselves.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't know how like... It's so bad. I was at a, a restaurant for so long. Like, literally, I had to think about, okay, I know I put ice in the cup. How do I do that in this machine?
1: How does the machine work? <laughs> How do you get ice?
0: No, no. Don't laugh at me. When, the other day when we picked up, what, five guys? Yes. And I decided to hit, like, the machine before we left.
1: Yeah, right now, and- five guys. is four guys in the ice
0: machine. <laughs> so I put to the ice machine. And it was one of those like Coca-Cola machines where you press a button and all that stuff. I literally had to think for a moment, like, okay, which, where do I put the cup in order to get? <laughs> so that... Cause it's been so long since I did it. And it's so funny because I was just thinking we were talking in the restaurant about how good it felt to be in each other's company and be able to hug and to do that for the first time, but we're still really careful wearing the mask when we can and things like that. And, it's just kind of the first step on the road to normalcy, you know what I'm saying? And whether or not is this what normal is going to look like for a while? As trying to figure out how to go to the mall, as going to the mall again and being able to be around other people and crowds of people and things.
1: Yeah, um, normalcy is a it's a fragile concept right now, and like learning how to eat food.
0: Or drink from a straw.
1: No, no, like we know how to
0: drink from a straw. No, the we didn't take that from no, you.
1: No, <laughs> what I'm saying is like while masked up or while in public, you know, because I still even even though the CDC's uh, recommendation of like wearing masks outdoors has adjusted, I still fully wear a mask whenever I'm outside, just out in public anywhere, and like you know eating food. Sipping from a straw, you know, and having to adjust for that is still quite a thinking process. So that's what I've had to learn.
0: Well, I have to say it was just really, really great to see them. That was the highlight of my week. And after going out to dinner, which we'll talk a little bit more in a minute, because that actually falls into the best place I ate this week. Spoiler alert. (laughs) That's why I'm not telling you where we went. Um, we went to the Albanese Candy Company, which if you haven't heard of the Albanese Candy Company, it's, how do I describe it? It's,
1: it's not Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory looking.
0: Well, no, no, no. It's kind of like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory without the really creepy Oompa Loompas. (laughs) Don't look at me. The Oompa Loompas were creepy. Actually, that whole setup. Can I just say, just as a side? That whole setup, if you really think about it, from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, was hella creepy.
1: Yeah. He bumped
0: off those kids. No one ever thought about that. What happens to a kid watching that movie? I was like, oh, my God. He, like, totally killed those children.
1: Okay, that's (laughs) quite a morbid concept.
0: (laughs) It's true. Look, Charlie the Chocolate Factory could be a horror
1: movie. (laughs) Yeah, I admit. It's kind of like The Wizard of Oz sometimes. I never quite think... (laughs) That that far ahead, or that deep into the concept of how, where the Oompa Loompas or the little minions come from? Yeah, it is a little odd, but yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: Yeah, they were just hella creepy. So the Albanese Candy Factory, it's this little candy factory. Well, actually, it's not little; it's ginormous, um, in Chicago Land across the border in Northwest Indiana. Is it in Hobart officially or Valpo?
1: We'll go with Hobart. As far as I remember, I I have to look at my receipt. To the best of my ability, I think it's Hobart.
0: All right. And sorry about that. I thought I put my phone on. Do not disturb. Apparently, I did not.
1: No, you did not. (laughs) You shall (laughs) pay for these consequences.
0: And it was work again.
1: (laughs) Everything's going off. This is sad.
0: (laughs) I can't escape it.
1: Don't they have mothers? Don't they have homes? Go to your home, stay actually, there.
0: Actually they did, and I called all of them on the weekend because I had to have them organize the something. Oh my god. Good stuff. Good. Anyway. Good stuff. Um so <laughs> where was I? So yeah, I, I I got a chance to take them to the Albanese. Um, candy factory for the first time which was a lot of fun if you've ever gone to the Albanese candy factory they've changed it around but seriously they have like a giant at one point they had like a giant chocolate fountain and like giant edible bunnies and like all the old candy that you could ever want they have it there like if you wonder where to find weird stuff like candy cigarettes or clove gum or those weird candy dots that go on a pizza paper or they even had like the wax lips. Remember yes. the wax lips?
1: I do remember that. I think yeah. I saw you yeah, the hot lips and
0: <laughs> so they had the the wax lips and just every kind of gummy bear because they make them from scratch there. If seriously the only thing they didn't have, which kind of surprised me now that I think about it, the only type of candy they didn't have yesterday was you know how And this may be, okay, this may be a black folks moment because I don't know if it happens in any other culture. Mm -hmm. But you know how when you're in church and like the elders of the church, like the mamas of the church, and they usually have in their purse, or if you go visit your grandmama and they have that bowl of candy, you know, the one that it's like a red hardened candy and it's wrapped in this red, Um, cellophane wrapping paper that looks like strawberry that no one knows where they come from. Like, you could never find those in stores. You could never find it anywhere, but they always have those. Okay. That's the only candy they didn't have. (laughs) Where does the candy come from, by the way? Have you ever seen anyone purchase that candy?
1: No, no, I have not. I'm trying to think of my head. No, no, I've never heard anyone, yeah, purchase that candy, but I don't think about it. I don't think I ever had that candy, but because, like, my great aunts and everything, they had butterscotch.
0: Wait, they never had the red candy? No. That neither tasted like strawberry or watermelon, by the way.
1: Yeah, all of, all the ones in our house were, like, peppermint or butterscotch.
0: I'm surprised. Everybody where you come from had that red candy. Well. And it didn't fail. It's like the elders at the church, you know, you go visit the pasta. <laughs> all the decadences happen. <laughs>
1: See, that's how they got you. (laughs) That funky candy.
0: You know, we did go to a different denomination, so maybe your denomination had the Butterscotch.
1: Possibly. I wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) It was like, we shall get you with Butterscotch! (laughs) Amen! Okay. I don't want to get, yeah, I want to get, like, you know, sent to hell today.
0: Well, anyway, you can find almost every other candy, except for that. At the Albanese Candy Company. So the pets hooked me up through Big Daddy with some gummy bears and my favorite chocolate stacks. But yeah, seeing them was actually really, really awesome. So shout out to my siblings. They're back home and safe um, home in Indiana. Although I'm excited because I I think they're coming back to Chicago sometime within the next few weeks. Okay. So we can hang out. I told him to bring some Long's Donuts. Because, again, I'm totally missing the Long's Donuts back home.
1: (laughs) Oh, here we go. Here we go again.
0: But, yeah, that was the highlight of my week. So I got to ask you something, because that was literally the first time that we sat in a restaurant in a while. Yes. Is that something that you would feel comfortable doing now that you got your second dose of vaccine? Because, obviously, we want to be able to support those restaurants that you know, we really love and it's really part of our content, but really because, you know, the, it supports a really great industry and, you know, we all got to eat, but right. having gone through that, I mean, how do you see us going back to restaurants in the future now that you've got your second dose or do you still have to ease yourself into going?
1: I would say more of the latter. I would have to ease myself into it, but like, I think, like peace, like slowly, slowly I would enter society again, uh, away from being a, a complete introvert. Yeah, I'd be willing now, The yes, very much so to try more restaurants, uh, seeing what's open. That's the other thing about the pandemic of what you remember pre pandemic to like what's happening happened now because the last restaurants have shuttered. And right. so it's almost like seeing, like, the ghost town because you're like, oh, yeah, we can go this. Oh, wait a minute. That place is closed. Right. Or, oh, that place is, like, you know, has restriction. So I'm like, it's it's crazy. But, yes, to answer your question, yes, I would be willing to go out to more restaurants, yeah, on a case-by-case basis. It's kind of like, you know, this is, like, the anniversary of Alan Iverson's, like, famous press conference in which he said, <laughs> we talking about practice, man.
0: So what does that have to do with the restaurant? No. Are well, we gonna go out, out to celebrate Alan Iverson talking about practice? That's right. Although that should be honestly, if you haven't seen that clip, look it up. That that actually should be celebrated. That's it right. was hilarious.
1: Exactly. <laughs> we ain't talking about the game. We ain't talking about the you know, the game that I go out there and die for.
0: No. We talking no, about practice. practice.
1: And so when I go to a restaurant <laughs> and I wanna try out some food, I want practice. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about.
0: Well, you know. I am looking forward to doing that again and hopefully we'll have an opportunity, not just with family, which, you know, knock on wood is more of my family gets vaccinated and more. if we get a chance that we can like decamp and go visit other members, um, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. We can go back to the rituals that we normally have had before the 10 tendin- like beforehand, going back to the animals, oddly enough, giving me mother's day present, Today, you probably would have taken me to Red Lobster. Possibly. But, you know, because of the pandemic and the fact that apparently my pets haven't figured out how to do takeout yet.
1: (laughs) That's on them. They don't have credit cards, so.
0: (laughs) But, you know, it's probably just as well because did you see that there is this new trend um, that Red Lobster wanted to get in on where they're using... Cheddar Bay Biscuits, you know, those biscuits that I've often threatened to stab you with a fork with.
1: Yeah, you would try a few times.
0: <laughs> well, now they're encouraging people to use the Cheddar Bay Biscuits. I don't know. I guess a lot of people aren't going out, and so they have a lot of leftovers. But they want them to use it as a corsage and boutonniere.
1: Like for prom? Yes. <laughs> Chose will <say> what? <laughs>
0: You didn't see that? Oh my god, that's so no, I, stupid!
1: Yeah, I did not see that. I, I completely <laughs> missed. It. So as opposed to, because I know that there's a shortage, especially around Mother's Day, there was like on um, flowers, right? So definitely around Sambier, this time, yeah, prom season,
0: you could have given me the gift of, you know, f- cheddar Bay biscuit corsages. And I you
1: know, know your yeah your could have also given you ass a uh, the <laughs> gift of a spatula too.
0: Hey, I would have taken the spatula. Yeah, you would. (laughs) Google special city people. That is one of the funniest things ever.
1: That's right. (laughs) But yes, you say a corsage or a boutonniere made of red lobster cheddar Cheddar bay Bay biscuits. biscuits.
0: Yes. So in case you're wondering, if you happen to be on Twitter, they actually have a video on how to do this. It's a step-by-step video where you, too, can accessorize your formal wear with greasy, salty, garlicky Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Um,
1: I like the way my my woman said, greasy. (laughs) Greasy.
0: So basically all you do is you use either Elmer's glue or hot glue and you glue a biscuit to your decoration of choice.
1: All right. That just killed it. Like
0: classic leaves or whatnot. And you're good to go. You can just pin that sucker on your suit and get going.
1: Yeah. That completely changed my concept of what this, how this was going to go.
0: First of all, how are you going to do that to a Cheddar Bay biscuit? When there are so many lesser biscuits that you can waste, like a Popeye biscuit, you could do a church's biscuit, you know, where they have like the honey glaze. So it'd be kind of like a, Silky finish, and it goes with the rest of it. But a cheddar bay biscuit, like I said, I've I have been known to be territorial over cheddar biscuits.
1: Yeah, she's and you want to waste boxes.
0: one of that for a boner.
1: Yeah, that's what I need. My wife like throwing elbows, <laughs> like you know, going all Charles Barkley, like you know, pulling <laughs> down boxes of cheddar bay biscuits.
0: Okay, it wasn't that dramatic.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I like for you. I like to show you the back of my tricep. <laughs> see like i'll show you the bruises but yes i i guess um all those other biscuits don't have that much of an aroma like the lo- red lobster biscuits
0: right so everyone's gonna smell like garlic and cheddar and butter
1: hey it makes for a good hot party
0: that would be weird though do you afterwards do you eat them? Because there's
1: glue on them. Yeah, see, that's the thing I killed it. I was willing to say, like, because I go I hurricane back to my prom and I'm thinking by the time that I was out there on the floor, cause at my prom the theme of the the actual prom was unforgettable. The nacking Cole, Natalie Cole, like duet. very but, pretty.
0: I thought you said your theme. No, no, was-
1: but that's the thing. <laughs> I think on like no no less than like ten occasions did they not play two live crew. I know. <laughs> doo-doo Brown.
0: That's why I was like, wait, I thought that was not the theme of your prom. Yeah. I thought it
1: was two live crew. <laughs> yeah, you would think that, yeah, with a song like Unforgettable, they would play it multiple times. No, I think they play like once, maybe twice. No, no, it was doo-doo Brown. And how they played you, it a lot.
0: How do you play that at a prom? I, I just get, I'm confused.
1: There's no confusion. <laughs> you play what they tell you to play and then the DJ just say, all right, I'm I'm done. This is this is hot and whatever. But and no. he's just
0: like, fuck it. <laughs> just play duty crowd.
1: Yeah. They just say, all right, we just all right now, now we really gonna set it off. <laughs> and I'm telling you by the time you out there sweating on the floor for like two hours, now you like, all right, I'm hungry. And they didn't have like they had some more durs, but nobody was eating them. So yeah, I'm thinking, heck. I'm thinking, even with the glue, I still be hitting them, them cheddar biscuits.
0: Well, first of all, I I think this is a sin. I I think that cheddar bay biscuits are too good to just leave on your lapel uneaten like that. That that's just wrong. But what would you What other alternative would you use besides the cheddar bay biscuits?
1: What I alternative?
0: I, I I personally think if if you must use food. You must use food. (laughs) At least use food that not everyone's going to want. Because if you have common sense, you're going to want to eat the Cheddar Bay Biscuit. I would say, like, in my mind, there is just too many oatmeal raisin cookies out there. Use an oatmeal raisin cookie. Or better yet, use that monstrosity that you brought in our house, the circuit peanuts you used the other day. A bouquet of circuit peanuts. I would do that. It's colorful. Yeah, I'm calling you out for bringing circuit peanuts in our house. Those things are disgusting.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Since you want to throw the marksman down, you want to throw it down? Fine. Then I think we, they should make a bouquet full of candy corn.
0: Ew.
1: That's, yeah.
0: That's just as bad. Wait Although minute. you, you like to... candy corn. That's My, right. Big Daddy likes all the weird stuff, by the way.
1: Yeah, I get down like that. <laughs> that's right. Candy corn, boutonniere. <laughs> Corsage,
0: anything but cheddar bay biscuits. That that just, mm. I'm gonna have to call an audible for Red Lobster doing that. That we'll we'll come back to your restaurants if you just stop that. <laughs> if you have too many, there's got to be some other way to use those up. Plus, if you rent the tux, guys, you you're not getting that out of your clothing. Think about
1: okay, it. I admit that's true.
0: Yeah, cheddar bay biscuitsines are forever. <laughs> just telling you in case you're too young as teenagers to know that. These these young kids don't know. They don't know what they into.
1: Plus, you know, <laughs> you know, if 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 your day show up and you got that good, you know, hot bread, garlic smelling loving, you know. Hey. I just want to know man.
0: if you can't go afford to go to. Um, Red lobster? Like you know when we were kids, right? And they had like the kids and then they had like the buddies that you got from like different places. And hey. and there's no shame in hey. that because I wore the buddies.
1: Hey, you wore the buddies. My, my parents didn't make me my mama didn't let me wear buddies. <laughs>
0: my parents did not let us Google buddies. Okay. I'm not we're not stopping the train for this. Okay. But I'm just like, what if you like showed up and everyone had the cheddar bay biscuit? But then you had like the Popeyes biscuit. Is would therapy like a shame in that?
1: Okay, good question. Um, let me go to my Dr. Drew theorem here. Um, or to maybe that's my knowledge. I don't know. <laughs>
0: wow. It's like kids. Kids are cruel. They'll be like, "You have the you're wearing the wrong biscuit.
1: You're wearing the wrong biscuit." <laughs> It's like you going to call Look a, at everybody,
0: cheese were around biscuits.
1: You're going to roll up in here like, oh no, 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 bro, you got to leave. You got that KFC drop on. It. <laughs> exactly. No, nah, that that
0: that
1: can't that can't fly here.
0: Kids are mean. I mean, get
1: biscuits from like Pillsbury.
0: Exactly. What if yeah, what if you picked your own biscuit and used it to a there? Will they know? <laughs> I think they will. See? those are the questions that you you have to know before you go down this path i'm
1: like can you use like a boutonniere or a corsage like maybe like croissant rolls or something <laughs> crescent
0: rolls maybe you just want that i happen to love a good cro- croissant that's a that's a good point pinky finger up in there. air
1: <laughs> you know inking it like i just don't care i i get it but that's okay
0: <laughs> okay now that we've made total asses of ourselves laughing at the use the wrong use of cheddar bay biscuits in this way we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will talk about three stories that meet the intersection of food and pop culture and you are listening to the gourmet giver podcast we will be right back hello
1: i'm carrie and i'm emily And if you, like us, are slightly on the nerdy side and have an interest, fascination or musing for anything historical, then we have the podcast for you. Our podcast, A Nice Cup of History, takes a historical event, place or
0: person and delves into the facts, fictions and myths surrounding it, all whilst enjoying a nice cuppa or sometimes something stronger. Each week we finish with a special segment we call Ridiculous Deaths. Which looks into the absolute bizarre ways some people have died or survived and what we can learn from them, such as why alcohol and sailing should never go hand in hand on a moonlit night and why bridges and butts don't mix. We are listened to globally, which blows our minds. So if you have any suggestions for topics for us to discuss, please let us know. So come join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere you can get your podcasts from. And let's let's get get historical. historical hey everyone this is jj outlaw
1: and t outlaw
0: and we are back with the gourmet goober podcast with the three stories that meet the intersection of food and pop culture and a space that we like to call what's eating us and today we have three stories that i think really kind of makes you think makes you laugh makes you kind of wonder
1: <laughs> things that make you go hmm. Hmm.
0: So the first thing that we have is um, a restaurant that we've talked a lot in the past, and that would be Subway. And just as a reminder, in the past past Subway shenanigans, including is the Subway sandwich really that you're eating really meaning out of chicken? Well, they found according to the CBC, the answer is no. <laughs> um, the issue with the Subway um, bread, which used to be made partially out of yoga mat material. Yeah. they changed that, though. So, it should be safe for free to
1: <laughs> That's right. Is your foot long really a, a foot, foot long? long?
0: Which, just as a side note, I still think that's kind of crazy. I've never once thought to take, like, a tape measure over to Subway and go, yo, this is two inches under the foot long. Because what are they going to do? They're
1: going to be like, yeah, we 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 put it in. It shrunk. <laughs> it did things. We, I'm, I'm like, okay, if it's, like, I know a lot of this is coming in like 11.2 inches or 11.3. Okay, I'm not going to trip. But yeah, when it's like a nine inch, you know, subway sandwich. Yeah, somebody going to be giving me them three extra inches.
0: Well, I think it's a little bit noticeable for a nine inch as opposed to 11 and three quarters of an inch foot long. Because are you really going to miss that extra inch? But I guess if you're paying for something that literally says a foot long, you would assume that's a foot long.
1: Yeah, um, let's move this conversation along because <laughs> this sounds just a little morbid. A little crazy.
0: Anyway, the new thing with Subway that they're dealing with now doesn't come from the materials that their sandwich are made, but it's actually more of an internal thing. Okay. So you may not be aware, but there it's an organization that's called the North American Association of Subway Franchises.
1: I did not know that was a thing.
0: Yes. So... um this organization, the NAASF, is protesting internally a new sandwich that Subway um, has created in order to kind of help counter some of their fortunes as far as, you know, declining sales. So the sandwiches, which are called Fresh Melts, they launched last month. And you may have seen them in your local area or you may not. And I'll tell you why in a moment. It's because it comes in three variety of sandwiches. So there's tuna There's a ham and cheese, and there's a steak milk. All of them feature triple the amount of cheese and are served toasted. But according to um, the franchisee group at Subway, that sandwich comes with a cost. And that is, believe it or not, it's a health hazard for them to make it for you.
1: It's a health hazard for them to make it.
0: Yes. Literally making you that sandwich could cost them their lives.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, please explain.
0: And so here's the safety concern, because according to a warning notice that they have sent out the franchisees obtained by the magazine restaurant business, they have been concerned because the melts have caused damage to their ovens and because of the fact that the sandwich themselves, when you put them in the oven, they must be in a bag they've been actually, there's a major risk for burns for the sandwich artist that prepares it.
1: What the hell? <laughs> I'm still confused exactly what exactly is in these melts.
0: Well, they maintain that the belts themselves haven't gone through sufficient testing for being launched. And so, according to them, it's just like a basic sandwich melt. But because of the size of the sandwich, because of the fact that the sandwich must be put in a toaster, in a bag, which already causes a heating hazard, that the melting cheese in sandwich bags and other things could really hurt the people making your sandwich or could cause damage to their toaster ovens.
1: Okay, one, this seems like an interesting OSHA hazard. But two, every time I've been to a Subway and you ask whether or not you want it toasted, you could say yes, or you could say no. No matter what, they're still sticking in that little funky oven for, like, <laughs> 15 seconds.
0: Right, and, and that's the thing. You, you don't actually think your answer is going to necessarily burn down the subway, but there's a chance it could in this situation. I'm I'm, I don't know why I'm still thrown
1: by this, because I'm like, well, is it the bags there that's doing the damage, or is it the actual physical sandwich?
0: It's the bags, basically, and how the sandwich itself are prepared. Because, again, keep in mind, most of the time when it goes to the toast and it goes to the roller, it's like an open sandwich. Right. And usually you toast it with, like, the bread and the meat and everything. Because of how it's made, it actually could cause more of an issue. Now, according to Subway, of course, they maintain that the melts have gone through sufficient testing. And they actually told restaurant businesses that the safety of our franchises and their restaurant employees are a top priority for them.
1: No, they're not. <laughs>
0: In addition to providing extensive training materials, a standard protocol is to thoroughly test all new products and make sure they're okay and safe before it's fully operational.
1: No, they're not. <laughs> I've seen people who work at Subway. I don't think I really give a fly and think about
0: <laughs> the people that work there. Okay, this is the time the Gourmet Cooper said, in the hopes of Subway maybe advertising one day, that the words of Big Daddy did not reflect <laughs> the editorial content of the Gourmet Cooper and Plum Good Media Inc. Okay, good <laughs> That <stuff>. said, yes.
1: <laughs> That's right. I'm going to be the Sharon Osborne of this show.
0: <laughs> oh, bad example. Ah. Now here's the thing. Subway is America's largest fast food chain by the number of locations. Um, however, this may be shocking to know that they really need the sandwich to go well because they have actually closed more than 1,800 domestic locations within the United States since the start of the pandemic in 2020.
1: Cause it's a pandemic.
0: <laughs> Very true. And so they really are planning on this sandwich to be successful. In fact, this is counted as a premium sandwich for them. So it actually costs more um, price-wise for you to purchase a, a Subway Melt um, as opposed to some of the other sandwiches that are out there. Okay. I just think it's horrible that, dude, you would order a sandwich and it could, like, destroy the restaurant? It could tear
1: down the restaurant. <laughs> I'm thinking you're not putting this sandwich in a pressure cooker.
0: Okay, to be fair, this restaurant is not going to blow up or anything, okay? Now we know of. It's not like, what was that? Oh, okay. You remember The Regular Show? No. Okay. There's a show that used to be on Cartoon Network that's called The Regular Show. The Sandwich of Death. Oh, yes, yes. True. This is like a living sandwich of death (laughs) where there's a certain way you prepare it. If there's a certain way, you must eat it, <laughs> or it could cost you your life. This okay. is literally like a sandwich of death, apparently.
1: The sandwich of death. <laughs> I'm still thrown <laughs> by exactly what exactly, because this is a premium sandwich. So
0: It's a premium tuna melt? I don't know. A
1: premium tuna melt, because as far as I know, as far as we can count, the tuna... At Subway, is still just tuna. Right. So you're paying for tuna.
0: But it's quite... It's Remember, it's like double the meat and double the cheese. and So it's like a big sandwich.
1: So basically you're paying because I know that there is an additional charge for double the
0: meat. Oh, I'm sorry. It's triple the amount of cheeses and meats. And
1: I'll pay them an extra buck. But at the same time, it's still the same meat. It's still the same bread. As far as I know, it's still the same cheese, unless there's something they're not telling us. Like they're putting like Wago beef or they're using some kind of special brie um, or, you know, that really special French Dutch cheese. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but if the meat's the same, the bread's the same, the cheese is the same. Um, So basically we're paying for a bag. To put in the oven, which may kill us all.
0: Well, it may, it may severely hurt the people who prepared the sandwich for you.
1: Okay, one. Not my problem. Damn. Two,
0: That's awful!
1: Because, <laughs> like I said, I've dealt with some of the people who work in Subway. And <laughs> what did they do to you? <laughs> some of them just slam it in there and just say, hey. You know how you ask for certain things? Because one of the things that will always get me about going to Subway this is my, I'm getting on my, my pedestal now, on my little platform box. I love the fact that when I go into Subway, I really only ask for, like, four things or five things on my sandwich. And I'm always behind that person who has to ask for, like, 20 things on their sandwich. Like,
0: And that person is usually me, so don't complain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going after everybody who does it everybody because <laughs> i
0: like veggies okay stop it
1: that's okay it's okay if you put a couple veggies on there but like yeah i need a little i need a sprinkle of salt no, no just just five specks of salt <laughs> no i need onions but i only need the the little purple or the little uncooked onions right but i only need like a little bit of them or i need like the guacamole but only on this side like you know they always had a specific but like they need it in the oven for a specific amount of time
0: Wait, you can tell them how long to keep it in the
1: oven? No, you could tell them, but it's they're going to still put it in there for like 10, 15 seconds anyway. <laughs> they're going to do what they want. That's what precipitated this whole mess. But yeah, special sandwich could kill you. Okay, great. Then just give me the damn sandwich the way you regularly do it anyway. Because they're going to do what they want. I'm just like, yeah, just, just give me my sandwich. Just don't jack up the price on it.
0: I don't know. The whole idea of ordering a sandwich that may hurt the person that makes the sandwich is a bit much. And maybe Subway should like go back and determine that because dude, I, <laughs> I I I just don't know of any sandwich anywhere that I don't know any place that I would go and willingly order a sandwich if I knew it's gonna count on someone well, okay. Let me change that. If 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 my, my favorite burger at Kuma's.
1: Okay. Kuma's Corner.
0: I would maybe second guess it for a second. But no, I wouldn't do it because I would feel too guilty.
1: No, I wouldn't have a problem. Like, okay, <laughs> once again, this goes back to like...
0: So Big Daddy doesn't care, basically. No,
1: no, I freely admit, everybody who works this that way is a champion. One. They are. But two, <laughs> I want to know, like, in my mind, just if if... The food is going to kill you. I need to make sure that it's it's something like if you're using, I don't know, alligator meat and you say I want alligator meat and then they have to go skin the alligator who may still be alive to get it. Then, yeah, then it's worth the cost that you're paying for it. But at the same time, I'm sorry. We are
0: not talking about them going on safari. This is very simple ingredients, but just the way that they put it together, it could be a harm to the people making a sandwich. I think Subway's
1: just trying too hard. Just stick to what you know.
0: <laughs> so anyway, if you are going to Subway and you order one of these sandwiches, please be very, very good to the people who are making the sandwiches because they were literally risking life and limb to make sure you get your steak milk. That's right. Risking <laughs> life and limb.
1: Because I've seen some of these kids that work in Subway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they look
1: like they're risking their life and limb just doing what they do now.
0: <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Our second story actually is something that Big Daddy and I have been talking a lot about. Okay. And actually it's something that's really hit um, the press since we have last went on the mic. And that is the news about Epicurious and their decision to no longer feature beef recipes on their on their site. So if you're not familiar, Epicurious is a website, just like many that are out there, like Bon Appetit and food and wine and things like that, that feature um, best practices when it comes to food preparation. And it has a lot of recipes that are out there. Um, So Epicurious over a year ago, they decided to do something a little in a little sneaky way where they had dropped beef recipes and this is to fight climate change. Now, I know that you're probably wondering, what does one have to do with the other? Um, and I know we've talked about it on the show. And this is in regards to the fact that beef and the beef industry takes up a number of consumption. A, a lot. It takes a lot, environmentally speaking, in order to raise cattle. Um, and I can say this as someone who used to live on a farm when I was going to grad school, um, because there's a lot of water that's used in of resources. Um, there's a lot of gas that the beef produces themselves. <laughs> um, a lot of land space is taken over. And so as a result, Epicurus decided to take a stand and they wanted to feature more plant-based and other forms of recipes in order to encourage their readers in order to do the same um, and they do so because they say that almost 15 percent of greenhouse gas emissions alone globally this is worldwide comes from raising livestock um, and all of the things that come with it mm-hmm. in fact cows are 20 percent less efficient to raise than beans and according to epicure is three times less efficient than poultry or pork So they made the big announcement like, hey, we're not going to feature any more beef on our new recipes on our site. And to prove a point that you probably have missed it, they actually haven't done it for the past year. So they just kind of announced something that they've been slowly doing it. And so when they decided to cut the beef, so to speak, Mm -hmm. they did it for everything. Their websites, their newsletters, their homepage, their Instagram feed. Everything will no longer feature beef. So what do you think about this?
1: What do I think about that?
0: Maybe I should temper that question knowing that you're a vowed carnivore. (laughs)
1: That's right. And I'm still standing on top of the soapbox. (laughs) What do I think about it? I, you know, during that, you know, period in which they were moving, these recipes from their site and, or, you know, stories about beef?
0: Well, let me just, before you go any further. Okay. Let me just say that you can still find beef recipes on the Epicure site. It's important for me to say that. Okay. So past recipes that they have done um, prior to this year and their new stance, they will continue to be on the site. So you can still find it. Just know that there will be no new um recipes or any stories related to beef. Okay.
1: Good to know. So your Epicurus is taking this stance and they're saying we're not going to put new recipes for beef products. Beef recipes as well. Um yeah, didn't really miss it. Was I mean it's nice that you take a stand and I'm always intrigued by when people drop these stats on me about their, okay, what the processing of beef, you know, how much it does to the environment. This is like what it shoots out like enough methane or whatever it is. Right. I, I keep calling it pig shit. But, okay. I know two two totally different things, but. <laughs> It's like, okay, so Shout out
0: to what was it, Matt Mac to be on Thunderstorm?
1: Yes. <laughs> but nonetheless, um if we didn't do something to the cow, um it was still gonna be there. I would like to have healthy beef. But at the same time, the world still continues whether or not Epicurious makes or puts out new recipes. It's kind of like finding it on the black web. The internet will still provide it. <laughs> we can still find it.
0: And that's true. There are multiple places you can go for that.
1: That's right. You know, I if you, you know, if I didn't find it from Epicurious, the SEO will still help me find a beef recipe for, like, I don't know, beef wellington or, you know, if I wanted some beef short ribs or something.
0: Or like the sizzlers that we saw the other day that it's like beef wrapped in beef. That's right.
1: <laughs> now you got me hungry. But yes, the the black web will help me find it. So yeah, it's just another few clicks down the straight, but...
0: You don't have to go on the dark web to find beef fresh. Dude,
1: there are tons of them out there. Yeah, see, <laughs> I I follow the dark web, <laughs> work on that. Google is a thing, but no, uh, yeah, okay. So it's a couple of clicks down the row, but okay. Epicurious is standing on that horse, and if that's what they want to do, okay, fine. You know, I'm still learning about the environment too, so I want to support you, but at the same time, your little stance is, um, you you. I'm still working on the fact that so you're not taking beef off your website completely in terms no. of old recipes, but you're not putting
0: new, new recipes, recipes on. Exactly. Which, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, you, in terms of the environment, we only have one plan to live on, right? So
1: you have to start somewhere. That's why we're trying to go to Mars. <laughs> or, you know. Not Mars. all of us
0: are trying to go to Mars.
1: Okay, the ones that are trying to get away from me. <laughs>
0: That's another story.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I push out, you know, P. Uh, Pika stuff.
0: <laughs> anyway, here's the thing. I, on one hand, I, I guess it's commendable that they're doing this, but, and I, I think I come with it from a different standpoint because part of my past and my new you know, career path outside of, you know, running Plum Good and everything. In my day job, I do, I've worked in a lot of justice work circles. Yes. And one of the organizations that I had the pleasure of being involved with, and I still support, um, is the Brother David Darth Center. It's um, based out of Chicago, Illinois. And it's a youth retreat center um, who... They actually serve vegetarian and vegan meals. And I know when I first started working there years ago, Big Daddy is like, okay, you're going to have to come up out there because I don't get that at all. But the whole idea behind it is the fact that meat overall, again, in terms of consumption, not just for our bodies, but even more importantly than that, the fact that there is a ton of resources, not just beef, but also with pork, with poultry with a lot of these heavily manufactured um, production of animals for consumption, how that just takes a good number of the earth's resources and it doubles back and it contributes to um, global warming and climate issues and things of that nature. So I totally get what Epicures is going for, but to be honest, if they were going to make that kind of a stand, I would almost want to see them lean in a little bit more and talk about how these other sources of protein outside of plant-based protein does contribute to the same problem. Oh,
1: so no, while no.
0: Beef, beef is a, an offender, it is not the only offender. And am I pushing? Am I like one of those people who believe that you must eat plant-based everything? No, I am not. <laughs> I, I do not believe that. I even though I worked for an organization and I've learned a lot and I think they do it not just, okay, let me just take a step back. The D.A.R. Center does it not necessarily to force you to just eat plant-based all the time, but to get you to be more in and even the choices that you make to eat could have an effect on the greater society in which we live. And so their standpoint is, I worked there and they knew that I didn't eat just all meatless meals, although I've learned to appreciate that. And we tried to incorporate that in our own diet. By and large, even just reducing your consumption a little bit could have a greater effect on people around you. Now, am I going the way that a lot of those people like on those ridiculous channels that are saying that, that are perpetuating this lie, for example, that Biden, President Biden is saying that you can only eat so much meat a week. No, that's not something that I believe in. That's not even something he said. I don't know where they got that from. I mean, that is totally a lie. But but just being mindful of, you know, even if you pull back a little bit or just change the way that you prepare things, it could make a big difference because we only have one planet. Um. So I kind of wish they would have been a little bit more realistic about how this sounds because again going back to what we said before if they were totally like anti-beef they would have pulled all the beef recipes off of their site you know what i'm saying correct they would have removed all of the stuff off of it but they didn't do that and you know why i applaud them for wanting to make a stand in their own way in order to um basically say, hey, look, we we all have a hand to play and keeping our climate as safe as possible for not only for us, but our, you know, our future children, future generations. Um, it's not the fault of beef alone. And I, there are multiple steps you can take outside of just what you eat. Um, but also, like I said before, understanding that there are health benefits outside of the climate, because I know Not everyone believes in, you know, global warming is a thing, although I do, um, that you could probably talk about as well that would have been just as effective to counteract some of the people just going apeshit about this.
1: No, that's fair. I will just say this way, because I admit maybe I'm a double offender of this, because one, I do like my meat.
0: (laughs) Yes, he does.
1: I do like my piggy. I do like my my bread.
0: But you have eaten meatless and done so happily.
1: Kicking and screaming.
0: No, I've made meatless things for you in the past, and you've liked them.
1: Still kicking and screaming. <laughs> but also, at the same time, I do have this affinity for smoking meat, which, you know, smoke, um, not great for the environment also. But I freely admit, I do it from time to time. But yeah, I fully really admit like, okay, I don't want like animals, whether it be beef or chicken or pork or seafood to like be mass produced to the point where, you know, they're just like, raise them, steroid them, you know, take them to the slaughterhouse, put them on your plate type thing. I want them to grow natural because all these animals grew the same time that the plants grew. But I understand what they're trying to say, but I'd like to say to Epicurious. I have a certain set of skills. <laughs> if I don't find a beef recipe on your website, I will find it.
0: Well, you just go to another website.
1: That's right. I will. Find I
0: mean, it. the world is not ending. And I will
1: seek it out. And in- it will not, it may not be from Epicurious, but I will find it. And I will enjoy it. But thank you for trying.
0: Well, you know, I wonder if this is just a sign of a larger trend. And like I said before, I know that they're particularly in more conservative circles, this whole idea of, oh, my God, they're trying to take our meat. First of all, no one's trying to take your meat. No one's going to come to your house, knock on your door and, <laughs> and snatch. <laughs> Why you do that?
1: I didn't know it was a thing.
0: It's a dog toy. He just shook and it made a noise. Um, no one's gonna come to your house, <laughs> knock on your door, and snatch the burger out of your hand. That is all a straight up lie. But there are some movement that's taking place, not just with Epicureans, but in the greater foodie sphere. It's large where people are making this turn. So, for example, there is a restaurant in New York. I don't know if you've heard about this. Um, It's been previously honored with a Michelin star. Um, It's a three-star restaurant called the 11 Madison Park. And it's run by chef Daniel Hum. And he recently um, let everyone know that the restaurant, which unfortunately was shuttered due to the pandemic, is set to reopen later this month. And when it does, it is going to be 100% vegan. It's making one of two of only two three-star restaurants in the entire world, according to Food and Wine magazine, that will no longer that will be completely vegan. So they won't serve meat, seafood, or dairy, um, except for milk. You can get milk with your coffee. Um, so there'll only be two restaurants, including. One, which is called King's Joy in Beijing. Okay. Now, this restaurant, which is actually was named the world's best in 2017. And let me correct this. It's actually going to open in June, I believe. June 10th, around that time. But the restaurant will open with a $335 per person, 100% vegan tasting menu. Well,
1: wait a minute. How much?
0: Three hundred and thirty-five dollars per person. Three
1: hundred and thirty-five dollars per person, and you're not going to give me any type of protein. That's okay, I guess. Well, there will be be many things.
0: Yes, there will be protein. It's just you're not going to get steak or lobster or any of that. But one amongst the things, according to the Wall Street Journal, that they will be serving on the menu, they'll have a beet dish that takes sixteen hours to make, a rice porridge with cellulose. and a sweet peas and amaranth seed um, dish that's served with a creamy fermented almond cream and pea miso puree.
1: I'm still waiting for, to be impressed. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of, like, you know, really nice sounding things. but
0: Although I have to say the rice porridge sounds like congee. And if it is, mm. congee tastes really good with chicken. So you're missing out.
1: Oh, I really am. <laughs> But you know what what's the name of the restaurant again?
0: The restaurant is named Eleven Madison Park.
1: You wanna know what's within one mile of what was it, eleven Madison West, Park. Madison Park? What's that? Within one mile is the McDonalds. <laughs> which is as far as I know a one
0: star restaurant. <laughs> But you can get your lay Quarter Pounder with cheese.
1: You can get your lay Quarter Pounder with (laughs) cheese and you know what else you can get there? What's that? Milk.
0: Hey, they will serve milk and honey. So that's the only non-vegan thing on their their menu.
1: Okay, McDonald's may not give you honey.
0: But he closed a restaurant. He, you know, due to the pandemic, like I said before. And I guess Chef Hum had all this time to kind of rethink about what he wanted the restaurant to really stand for. And at that point, he said that his priorities change and his business model, again, just like Epicurus, he was really concerned about the practice of animal production and what we're doing to the oceans and the idea of whether or not serving a menu like that would be sustainable. So on one hand, gotta admire him. I mean, he's standing on his ethics and things like that.
1: Yeah, he's standing on something else. <laughs>
0: I personally don't know if I would pay $335 for um, that kind of experience. But I do know a lot of friends, and I do have a lot of friends who are vegan and vegetarian who probably will.
1: Um, Do you like them?
0: (laughs) Yes, they are my friends.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I don't trust people that don't. I mean... (laughs) I want to have a wide based palette also but like when you narrow your palette and it does not in any way we have
0: friends that way, work at the door center who are vegetarian and vegan
1: you work with them that's like a you co-worker with them too. yes I work with people who are vegetarian <laughs> but um, are they my friends wow okay because I'm that, per- I'm that person that would be like, you know, like with a co-worker.
0: Right. Who
1: come in to like, oh, like, you know, I'm completely vegan. Or I'm like, you know, I'm vegetarian. Like, you know, what's your appetizer? Well, I had like, you know, bean pie soup or something like that. And I'm like.
0: That's right. You have someone that works with you
1: that is vegan. Yeah. Weirdly enough, I actually work with like three. But right. But at so the same time. I they would, would be really love person- that experience. and Yeah, I'm sure they would love the experience. But at the same time, I'm that person that would come in there with like a big greasy cheeseburger and taunt them. <laughs>
0: Cause here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: Or a big steak.
0: And truth time, truth. And I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the on the program, but when I was going through graduate school years and years ago, there was a period of time that I was vegetarian.
1: No, you were broke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was broke, and so as a result, I ate a lot more plant based stuff.
1: There you go. Continue. <laughs> <I> mean,
0: <laughs> damn. Way to call me out. <laughs> she was like, oh,
1: like, you know, I went through a, you know, I went through a change when I went vegetarian. No, you were eating like, I don't know, you're eating ramen and pixie sticks.
0: <laughs> okay, I did eat that. But I also ate a lot of salads and things like that. But you know what? Vegetarian choices have really changed. So I, sure. I, I remember back in those days, the choices that we had to eat, like, you know, black bean burgers and things like that didn't taste nearly as good as the impossible burger that you can get like a Burger King or we have vegetarian right now we have like veggie burgers and veggie chicken in our freezer because every once in a while we want to mix it up and I've made a vegetarian curry the other day that you really liked. so there are ways that you can do that don't look so downhearted. You knew it was vegetarian no, when I gave it to you. You
1: did. You 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 did mention it. I wasn't listening.
0: <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is, it is pretty exciting on one hand, because during that period of time where I was broke, and <laughs> I couldn't afford meat. Um,
1: you were uh, so poor that you couldn't even afford the O and the R.
0: <laughs> anyway there really wasn't even a lot of fine dining choices that are out there. So it is nice to know in the grand scheme of things that if you are so inclined, (laughs) you can still take advantage of that. But yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this is a sign of things to come as far as trending. And if it's so, it's nice to know that, are choices, not necessarily mandated, if the rumors may be, because that's not happening, but still offering people choices that they can at least try to be a little bit more mindful with their eating, which would benefit all of us to be perfectly honest, as opposed to just mindlessly shoveling food in our mouth. No, and I I'm think not, that's what yeah, Epicurus yeah. is trying to do. That's
1: right. And I'm not a complete, I'm not in any way against like, having other options like healthy options with that. Right. And no way am I against that. Like if you right now tell me that what's the name of the place again?
0: Um, I'm almost the trying to the give eleven promotion. Madison Park.
1: Yeah. If Madison or Eleven Madison Park had a what was that a three hundred dollar palette that included a black bean burger or a black bean steak that was worthy of that price. Right. Oh, yeah, I would be there and I would try it because you, if you want to impress me, make something that looks like meat that may not be meat but tastes like meat or be like something that's so damn good that I would be like, okay, I would try this or I would eat this on the regular that may look like meat, may taste like meat, but it's not meat. I'm going to try that. So, my thing is, I would like to expand my palate, not so much narrow. My palates. Mm-hmm. I would like to have, like, if things go So You go want to south, taste
0: all the food instead of just yeah. some of
1: it. We'll need to be, like, up in a place where they're like, yeah, can I get some chicken? <laughs> we'll have chicken. Can I get some, I don't know. Can I get some pork? We don't have pork. Okay.
0: Well, there are still places like that, technically. I mean, if you go to, like, Chick fil A, you can't ask for a burger. That's
1: their problem. <laughs> Once again, near every Chick fil A within a mile of a Chick fil A is a McDonald's. Is a McDonald's (laughs) or a Subway. But,
0: which may or may not be serving chicken.
1: That's on them. (laughs) But nonetheless, my thing is, hey, I'm willing to let you open your, you know, expand. But I, I would, yeah, I would appreciate if you had a few, you know, real meat protein, I'm sorry, real meat options on the menu, but yeah, you can have a, like, I don't know, an 80, 90%, you know, menu with as such and specialize in something, but yeah, don't, I mean, let's not exclude, let, you know, let's expand.
0: Well, obviously we've talked about having access to all the food. And speaking of all the food, how about popsicles?
1: I like Mm -hmm. popsicles.
0: 918 popsicles to be exact. Which is the number of popsicles that four-year-old Noah Bryant had ordered from Amazon and had shifted to his auntie's house. To the tune of $2,600 worth of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles.
1: $2,600
0: worth of popsicles. Worth of popsicles. SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles.
1: He must have really, 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 really... Like the SpongeBob popsicles. What, what flavors, hey, pray tell, could have been in these popsicles?
0: You know what? The story didn't shatter, But um, there's a woman, she's based in New York City. She's actually a full-time college student and mom to three boys, right? So her four-year-old, Noah, went on Amazon and ordered 51 cases of SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles through her Amazon account. So, it contained 918 individual Popsicles. Now, being that they're Popsicles, Amazon didn't take them back, right? Right. So, she was stuck with a $2,600 bill.
1: Because they had to be shipped there.
0: Yes. And yes. were
1: they shipped frozen or were they just like, uh, you know, put them in the freezer and they cool off or whatever?
0: Well, I'm hoping that they shipped them frozen. So Okay.
1: So, yeah, there was a shipping cost for that.
0: So, get this. She didn't know what to do, right? Because, dude, her child ordered $2,600 worth of popsicles.
1: Also, where would you store $2,600 worth of popsicles?
0: Well, he sent them to his auntie's house. So, apparently, she had the room. Yeah, I, was like, I like the fact that he ordered the popsicle, but he knew enough not to send it to his house because he's going to get in trouble.
1: No, yeah, so, auntie
0: so-and-so got all the good. <laughs> so... What happened was she was like, dude, there's no way I can pay for this. So I guess NYU, where she goes to school with, they have a student Facebook page. A fellow classmate of hers saw the post and set up a GoFundMe account to pay off these debts. and they posted the story to her Instagram with her permission. And you could actually go on the Instagram. I think the woman's name is Katie Slosh. I think her Instagram is kitty Schloss NY. Oh my God. First of all, you, you got it. Okay, I think I have the picture up. How cute is this baby? I
1: got to admit, he <laughs> With is adorable. the little
0: glasses, the little Mickey Mouse shirt. And of course, he's eating one of the SpongeBob SquarePants popsicles. <laughs> so, within 24 hours, the full cost of the popsicles have been raised. And more than $7,000 were contributed from 200 people. So what happened was the mother who said as a parent to a child that I guess one of the children that she has is on the autism spectrum, um, all additional donations will go towards his education and additional supports. So I I guess it had a happy ending. Maybe (laughs) Although I'm trying to figure out. My mama's response if I had ordered 918 popsicles. Ooh, child, plus Instagram didn't exist back in the day and GoFundMe. Fair. That 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 would have ended differently.
1: Okay. (laughs) My thing is
0: (laughs) You can't be mad at him. He's so cute.
1: I mean, yes, he is very much adorable, but how much is well I'm sorry, first of all, how how old is this child again? Four. He's four. Okay, so he
0: knows how to order
1: that. Yeah, because one, I'm very impressed, but I'm like, wouldn't Amazon like pay attention to like what how much you technically can order?
0: No, you can order anything off of Amazon. Look, if we've been through this pandemic, that's the one thing we know. Okay, how much strange stuff have we ordered from Amazon? We you gonna tell them everything I ordered from Amazon. Like I went through this phase at one point during the pandemic last year, which I was mad crazy. Missing tonkatsu ramen, (laughs) and I ordered a case of tonkatsu (laughs) ramen. We ordered a. Didn't we order the freezer from Amazon? Did we? Yeah.
1: Okay, I guess we did.
0: (laughs) When our deep freezer died, you they don't ask questions; they just send it to you.
1: No, I get that point. I'm just (laughs) thinking, like I would think there would be a limit on the credit card or whatever she had to pay with.
0: Well. Not unless you set the limit. Okay. And it doesn't really say anything out of the ordinary. So Amazon must have thought that his auntie really dug the Spongebob Squarepants popsicles.
1: Maybe she was like, so because I'm thinking, OK, unless the fact that, yes, he's four years old, I'm like, you know, for every GoFundMe subscriber. I'm sorry, like every person you put in, I would be taking that little four year old boy outside and I'd be teaching him a lesson. Like, so when spring comes... I want you outside, even though like it be, it could be like four degrees. I want you outside selling them little popsicles. <laughs> I want you out there, like you know, putting your little you know no, sunglasses to it. No, work.
0: and here's why you don't do that because some Karen will be out there seeing him sell the popsicles and call the police on him. And you know that's true.
1: Yeah, I do admit that, that's the world <laughs> we do live in. She will call the police on sad the boy, but your true. Boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Hats off to little Noah. <laughs> I hope he got the least keeps some of the Spongebob Squarepants popsicles. Because see, my mom, my mom would have given them away. Honestly, yeah. though, knowing me, I I would have been on the selling the popsicle thing. I would have done it. Because we've already talked about the story about how I may or may not have sold candy to my classmates. But we weren't talking about that. Okay. <laughs> so, but that said... He is so adorable, and I'm glad that she was willing or found a way to pay it off. And if you're listening, Jennifer, I really hope you find a way to keep your child off of Amazon. I I would put that, <laughs> I would put a code or something to keep him from ordering. Yeah, seriously, they they don't know.
1: Yeah, I would definitely uh keep him away from the the phone or the computer. At least, you know, where your account could be brought up. Yes, that would be a thing.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. The idea that he had them shipped to his auntie's house, that is next level sneaky.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got to give him points for ingenuity.
0: (laughs) I got to give him all the credit in the world. That's some hustle.
1: (laughs) I'm also intrigued by like, exactly like once they showed up or once they found out, how exactly did the aunt tell the mother and what was the mother's reaction?
0: That is true too. I was wondering about that.
1: Because I've done some things like, you know, call money 100 numbers and not say anything. And boy, when my mama found out, there was some roof raising.
0: That could be, yeah, that could be problematic. But I'm really glad for for all the people who stepped in because, you know, with their student loans and all of our other family expenses and, Paying the popsicles off too That would have been a big expense So kudos yeah. to everyone who contributed Kudos to the little kid And yeah um, Girl, put that coat on
1: <laughs> At the same time You know, you give them Amazon You know, Jeff Bezos is going through some things right now Maybe he could put in a little something on the popsicles
0: Yeah, Jeff You know, Jeff Bezos, if you wanted to like grease and palms You could have just wiped that out I'm just saying, I- I'm with you on that That gets a dad. Yeah <laughs> So I tell you what, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. We normally do talk about the best thing we eat this week. You're listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober. And I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Loreno. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at amazon.com. this is JJ Outlaw and this is Outlaw. and we are closing out the podcast like we do every week talking about the best thing we ate this week that includes you know the fine dining the whole wrong restaurants the everywhere in between maybe a favorite recipe that you made these are the things that we ate that gave us joy in the middle of a crazy crazy week as always if it's a restaurant or something that we can share with you. We'll always put that in the show notes. So that way you can either make it or if you're in the area, check it out yourself. We'd love to hear, by the way, the best thing that you ate this week. And so if you'd like to share, give some love to a local area restaurant, um, maybe even give a shout out to a really great recipe that you made. Drop us a line at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com. Put the best thing that you ate this week in the show notes. And maybe we will feature you and read your, letter on our future show so as always we start out with big daddy so what is the best thing that you ate since we've lost been on the mic
1: uh the best thing i came across this week was actually something that was made by the gourmet goober really yes what? it was
0: i'm interested, uh, now. I'm interested. <laughs> what was it
1: at some point this week i, I believe was it wednesday okay I met I was in there working hard, doing my thing in the office, trying to figure out work in my coworkers. (laughs) And the goober surprised me with a curry recipe. Oh,
0: yeah. That was
1: that had chicken and vegetables and coconut. And I wasn't sure what to make of it at first because I think she dumbed it down because, you know, I'm not the person who eats the most spicy things but I was actually pleasantly surprised because the notes kind of worked together fairly well. It wasn't too thick. It wasn't too thin. It actually struck the right chords. And I was actually very impressed. And I salute to the gourmet goober for making this chicken curry.
0: Okay. Well, um, that would be the Thai green coconut chicken curry that I made. Um, and let me just say, speaking of shout outs, I want to give a shout out to Artie um, Saquero. Um, you may have seen her if you're on the Food Network. She used to be a host of a show called Artie Party. You may also see her on Guy's Grocery Games. And she also has several specials that she's done through the Cooking Network and things like that. I totally love her. I've been following her career for years. And... One of the things I really love about her is that she introduced me to a lot of different um, Indian foods and different foods, um, and she makes it really accessible. And one of the things that she made in the past that I saw was a curry, and I've been experimenting with that. Um, Well, I've been experimenting with a lot of cooking since we've been home in the pandemic, um, particularly since... One of the things that we've done to kind of avoid being out in crowds and things like that is get things shipped to us. Like I, I think I talked about it on the show once the impossible or no, the imperfect foods that we get the produce shipped to us. Correct. And so I'm excited because there's always something new in the box and it's kind of encouraged me to really challenge myself with the type of cuisine that I've been making. So as of you late, I've been experimenting with a lot of, of Curries, and I finally struck the right code um with this particular recipe to struck the right note and in the past I've meant made like I think the Thai red curry, which is a little bit milder than the the Thai green chicken curry and i I love this recipe because it has a right amount of kick um the great thing about a curry is a wonderful way to use a lot of vegetables that maybe you have that you don't know what else to do with. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I made a really big chicken. (laughs) I was trying to figure out what to do with some of the chicken um, that was left. And I didn't want to have like chicken slices day after day. So I just thought, Hey, just add it up and make a curry. And I'm so glad you like it because the really beautiful thing about it is it Like you said, it does mix a lot of great blend of flavors and things like that. And certainly the richness of the coconut milk pairing, you know, the soy sweetness with the savoriness of the Thai chicken um, or the Thai green curry powder paste that I use. So, yay, that kind of makes me really happy. Plus, it had a lot of veggies and you still liked it. Yes. which is always a great thing
1: stripping down like i like how the guru <laughs> wax poetic about it and i'm sitting here like mm, yeah it was just good i ate it I was, <laughs> I was pleasantly impressed i'm going with that
0: well that is happy that makes me happy i'm so glad you said that so my best thing i ate this week wasn't as healthy as <laughs> the chicken curry i'm just gonna say it now it really hit the spot in a way because it finally hit me. I don't think I had this since before the pandemic. But there is a restaurant chain, and I'm so very sorry, you guys. The only place that you can find this restaurant is in northwest Indiana, right? Because I don't think they're located anyplace else besides. Well, wait, that's not true.
1: That's not true.
0: There's Maybe. a place in Tinley Park, Calumet City, and Monies, Illinois. Okay. And Orland Park. But by and large, the only place you can get this is in Northwest Indiana. It's a place called Shoop's. So Shoop's, if you are not familiar, it's one of the best burger joints on the planet. Um, it's been around in the region since 1948. Um, back when they started, at that point, it was 15 cents a burger they make their burger largely the same way every time it's more or less what would you call it like a smash burger kind of thing
1: yeah as opposed to your typical like you know cylindrical pat of uh, circular patty it's just they toss it on they smash it and it's uh it's epic beef
0: yeah you get a lot but we when my my family came and visited us yesterday The one thing my little brother wanted to experience for lunch was he was like, yeah, take us to someplace local. You know, you're the gourmet goober. You kind of know this. So I decided to take him to Shoop's in Cherville. And let me tell you, he loved it. They have all sorts of different burgers. And it's every bit an old school burger joint, right? So you can even, like, for example, I got a cherry Coke made with real cherry um, syrup. Um, They have a type of soda that my sister likes that you can only get in certain regions of the country called Green River. So she got that. Um, But yeah, you come for the beef and you get a lot of it. So I ordered what they call the special cheeseburger because with everything happening on that Saturday, I didn't have the time. But okay, by the time I saw my family, it occurred to me that the only thing I had to eat all day long. What's a couple handfuls of potato chips. I know that was terrible, but that's the only thing I had to eat because I was trying to reach my boss and trying to figure out what to do about this project and get it back on track and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, by the time that we made it to Shoop's in Sherville, I had moved past hungry and went to the hangry stage of my life. <laughs> you know, when that mixture of just you're hungry and you're pissed you're hungry.
1: <laughs> well, she just starts fighting the air. <laughs>
0: That's where I was. So I got their double cheese. Oh, no, I got their special cheeseburger, right? So it's two big smash patties and then one single thing of cheese. Um, I normally get the Mickey because the Mickey is a single smash patty and double the cheese, but I mix it up a bit.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I ended up purchasing.
0: Yeah, you always get the Mickey, though, but the Mickey is really good. Sometimes I get the
1: special cheeseburger.
0: Yeah, I think this is only the second time in my entire life I got the special cheese because, again, the thing about a smash burger, it looks deceptively easy to eat because of the way that it, you know, is crispy around the edge and they just kind of lay it flat and things like that. You're thinking, oh, it's not a lot of burger. till you bite into it and then your stomach is like, hey, what are you doing? But I ate every bit of it, and I'm not sorry. <laughs> it's so good, you guys. Um, but yeah, shoops. I I've never had a bad thing of shoops. Actually, they are just amazing, amazing food. And my my siblings loved it. Um, my younger brother ate the triple cheeseburger. I have no idea how he did that.
1: Boy's <laughs> big, he's strong.
0: But if you ever have a chance to go. Definitely try the burgers, they're amazing. If you really want to try something cool, they also have something called an Irish Nacho, which are fries with cheese, ranch dressing, because everything is great with ranch, and bacon. <laughs> um, but yeah, they are just an amazing place. It's sort of a Indiana thing that you won't find any place else, and it's worth the trip. Cool. So I think part of what made it so special is, again, not having seen my relatives in a very long time. The idea of being able to enjoy that in a restaurant and meet the staff because they're all really cool. That made it special. But yeah, that first bite of a cheeseburger since the pandemic started, priceless. (laughs) So Big Daddy. Um, Where can they find you on the interwebs, as the kitties say?
1: What kitties?
0: (laughs) There are kitties out there.
1: And they say the interweb? They could. Am I that (laughs) damn old? I was like, for all you damn whippersnappers out there, for all you young bloods, well, okay, for all you kids out there, you can find me, Outlaw on Twitter at Outlaw. And you can also find me on Instagram, again, at Tiala Chelsea Wells.
0: You can find me, JJ Outlaw, um, on Twitter, at JJ Outlaw. You can find um, us on (laughs) – I'm sorry. What's your name again? JJ Outlaw. (laughs) Instagram. And you are on Instagram. At Gourmet Goober. Okay, good. (laughs) Hey, before, before we let you go, just as a reminder, um, because we're an indie podcast and people are always asking, how do you support us? Well, there's a number of ways you can do that. You can actually go to com and click on support us. And that will give you an opportunity if you wanted to donate to the show. Do, 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 do. And just so you know, we are coming up with this really cool thing relatively soon. So, We'll have exclusive content for our donors and things like that. So we can't wait to roll those out. If you wanted to show the world that you are gumbo worthy, which is, you know, kind of important if you're a member of Gooberland, you can hit us up by going to gooberswag.com or going to the Gourmet Goober and click swag. And there's everything from mugs to aprons to T-shirts, you name it, we got it. That's right. So that's there. And hey, if you don't have five to put on it, but you want to show us some love, tell a friend about the podcast. We really appreciate all of our loyal listeners week after week. And we thank you for the feedback. And then along with that, you can also um, go to either Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, show us a love, pay us a five-star review, and we may read it on the show. Shout out to the Black Eye Who Tips podcast for that idea. So, for Big Daddy and I, we want to thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Gourmet Goober. We'll be back in two weeks. And until then, happy eating.
1: Happy eating. Mm -hmm.